Oh man! All right, top of the top of the second hour. Uh, old school brought to you by the Mercado Certified Piedmontese Special Ingredients and Butcher Shop, located 84th in Havelock. Every type of meat, every type of cut, seafood, spices, uh, pasta, single serving, uh, both ready to you know take home and family size, frozen and uh, ready to throw in the oven or microwave. Um, and there are plenty plenty of other options as well. So go down there and uh, pick up plentiful stuff and uh enjoy your night and weekend so uh we did we tried to get into a little bit of husker talk uh, got a little bit off track but you know we had some questions come in uh kenny now everybody's in a position move you know everybody's asking about positions so one of the questions what are your thoughts on moving logan smothers to a new position i think if you ain't starting they like hey, move to another well position. logan smothers i try to think of him as uh mccaffrey yeah luke yeah luke could have did that logan he's he's kind of athletic right but he's not as athletic as Luke. Luke yeah. He's so, fast, though. Logan is he's fast, fast right? deceptively but, fast. But um, Luke could have moved like he did where he's at now. He could have moved to to receiver and, and helped us return her. Um, Logan, I think Logan I think could possibly good. move to receiver. Yeah. But I think he's a good enough athlete. He's a good I, enough I athlete. The one thing his biggest attribute is – Knowing the game, yes, he's a football player because his father, father, his father's he's a, a coach. coach. I think he's a quarterback. He might not be quarter, uh, you know, quarterback you know, here. here. But... I think he can play quarterback. Um, I think his ability um, to handle adversity is is a big thing that can separate him through from other quarterbacks. Whether it's here in the crowded competition or if he chooses to go somewhere else at some point in time, position switch probably for him. I don't think no. so because I think he has more of a quarterback future than Harburg because I think obviously we've seen him do it and do do some pretty good things under some adverse conversation adverse conditions or not ideal uh, conditions and the thing with Harburg is he has a live arm he's just not as accurate you know what I mean yeah he can get behind the ball and when yeah. he gets behind it it yeah, looks he can throw it, he, yeah. can, he can and but it's just not as his accuracy he needs to work on yeah, I got a couple texts in here, man. Pecan Pie said maybe uh, Nick will let me play on his uh, co-ed slow pitch. Doubtful. First of all, I got a bad wheel, so I'm not going to be doing anything. Another text in from Sandman. If Nebraska doesn't land Dylan, will it be considered a failure? I don't think so. Um, it's only a failure if you don't offer him. So when I look at Zane Flores, that's yep. a failure. Yep. When I think look at other um, guys that maybe came from Bellevue West and their big thing is is that the coaches weren't there and didn't really recruit us as hard – as they've recruited outstate kids, that's a failure. Re- recruiting a kid with the likes of Dylan Rayola and being in the last, you know, I assume, in according to this article, two or three, and if it doesn't work out, isn't a failure. Now it isn't, uh, you know, a, you know, the ultimate positive would be getting it, but you only fail is when you don't do it. I think they failed themselves by not recruiting Zane Flores. Um, if it doesn't work out, you know, you can't fault him uh, for making or any recruit making a choice. They're doing it for the best, of, you know, for the, their betterment. And then you want to, you know, and you want to wish them the best. Because in this day and age of uh, transfer portal, you just never know, um, you know, when the it could possibly come around. So don't burn a bridge. Don't burn a bridge. Both players and coaches don't do don't do that. But I wanted to, one of the big articles or big things coming out of Tuesday's practice, obviously he was out there today, was Ramir Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they, you know, he was asked, I think, by Sam McEwen, uh, you know, why he, you know, why he thought he didn't play. 
Um, and Ramirez had a really good answer, real mature. I think, you know, one thing about Ramirez, he's been an ultimate team guy. He's had a couple times that where he could have probably packed up and left and people would have been like, I understand, you know, obviously, you know, um, but last year, you know, he, you know, especially during spring, he was, you know, playing a little running back, playing a little receiver. Um, I think the thing that maybe probably would upset any player was being freshly moved to receiver and then the head coach saying he's not up to speed. Well, you got guys that have played four or five years and they have to speak. He's been there four or five days. Mm-hmm. That would make me mad. I am going above and beyond for the team. You're supposed to have my back. Give me six or seven plays, then go from there. But Ramirez had a really good answer. He said, look, I worked hard. I was here every day. You know, pretty much said he handled the situation. What You know, you, you know, I got in whenever I could. He really doesn't know. He's like, I'm ready to move on, and I'm here right now. Give us some intel on Ramir, because I know you have a lot of respect for him, um, and I think a lot of people on the team do as well. He he was one of the guys where you can look in a guy's face and their eyes can tell you. Yeah. Their facial expression can tell you where their mind is. So right. I would look at him. I would talk to him. Again, I would try to make a point to talk to every kid just to make sure they're doing good, you know, family's mm-hmm. good, not just football. Um, but I, I, I looked at him one time. I said, bro, we need to talk. I can see it on your face. And all I told him was, hang in there. Mm-hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. When your number's called, just be ready. Right. Where, wherever it may be. It could be on special teams returning a kick. It can be on punt as a gunner. It can be on kickoff return. Whatever yeah. it is, yeah. just be, be ready. ready. Right. So that's the approach he took. He took it um, He took it the professional approach. Right. Um, again, He's had some injuries. He had sure. in, he was battling injuries that he had to you know overcome. Um, so that that played a part in it too. Right. Um, but I think once he came back and he he felt like he was uh, fully recovered and ready to go, he was being misused. Right. Um, and as an, and as an athlete, you know if you're being misused, you know you're gonna have some 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 hard feelings. And I think he was sold a bill of goods. Right. That's what I was just about to. I ask think he you, was sold a bill of goods. And again, if you're forthright with anyone you're going to be fine but right. if you sell them a bill of goods then later on they're going to have some issues they're going to have some yeah, issues look at your side they're going to look at you like you got five heads so right. and that's and that was the look he was given and I, I always told him I said don't have that expression on your face because it's not going to help your cause right if because they're looking for a reason because they're looking you giving them a reason right. to okay so he's over there pouting right. or he's going to be a locker room lawyer we yeah. don't need, he, we we're not going to play him. Right. So don't give him a reason to just keep working hard. Again, Bushman could tell you, Coach Bush, we call him Bushman. He worked his butt off on special teams. Every special team drill, he was in the mix of it. He was working his butt off. I think the other part of the situation, he was being sold a bill of goods. Yeah, I mean, look, you got to give him um, a ton of respect. He went from starting running back to kind of stepped in. Uh, got replaced. Look, Anthony Grant played well. AJ mm-hmm. Allen had played well. I think Ramirez probably felt that he should have been able to be a in the mix. In the mix when that those injuries happened, yep. and also be in the mix, and especially at third down. Um, you know, the one thing you know, you, you talked about. You know, don't let them see your. You know, I always use the expression. Not, not, you know what? There was. I, I say my only main regret that I ever have in my professional career is when I got traded from Buffalo. I took it personal. It wasn't business. And I remember my mom telling me, never let them see you sweat. And the, and the meaning of that is, and I want to ask you about this, is what these kids, and I think I, I implore Nebraska 
to do this, but they don't. I know for a fact they don't um, because they can't is is to get these kids to understand to play the game within the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm, what I mean by that is, and there's an old saying, and I'll tell you tell you this for people out there that eventually go and play pro sports. Coaches, GMs, and all them, they will be around 10 times longer than you. Yep. And they are more petty than the the most pettiest person at your family reunion. They hold grudges, and that's what I – you know what I mean? Yep. And so the game within the game is, yeah, I'm sure you're frustrated. You know, when you're in the car with Kenny, you know, if I'm Ramirez or a player or me and you, that's when you vent. Yes. That's when you break down. Yes. When you're with your parents, that's when that gas face looks. That's where the anger comes from. But when you're on the field, just control what you control. Now, it's easier said than done. It but is. But the, the sooner that you understand how to play, there's a lot of guys that have extended their career professionally or after football coming back to university or organizations by playing the game within the game. I think it's a lost art. I think it's a it's it's actually probably going to prehistoric ways because of the first thing kids generally do when they don't get their what do they, what do they do? Let's go to Twitter. Yep. Let's go to social media. Yep. Actually, Twitter is starting to go away, uh, but you know, they, just different platforms, right? But it's still, if it's done right, you can end up being, I guess, on top or being successful. Talk about how important that is, because you want to know why. I won't say the player's name. Um, when I came down to practice last year, one, uh, there was a running back. Now, mind you, we they've had some new staff members, you know what I mean, come in. Mm-hmm. I think we had a new running back coach, Mickey, and all those guys came in. And there was a running back. And we both remember we we both had to talk to him at Oklahoma the year before. And then he had a meltdown at practice. I tried to talk to him. Mickey tried to talk to him. Running back tried to talk to him. And then you had to take him outside of the practice to get him to understand the, the play with the game. Just talk about the the magnitude of it, of doing that, and how important it is, especially in when you're in a highly contested, emotional, competitive spring where, you know, you're feeling the pressure, you got the outside pressure, and then you want to do well. Talk about that. Well, you, you basically try to put your arm around them. And, you, and like you said, that's hard to do. It is. It is hard to do because – You've been patted on your back and told how since good you are. Sixth grade. Since fourth know, grade, probably. Fourth, yeah. fourth fifth grade. Yeah. So now to get to this point where you thought you 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 played a little bit. Yeah. You had some success. You think you should be the man, right? Right. Then there's additions to that position. You nicked up. Now you're in your feelings. Right. Because you're not playing. Sure. So basically you're trying to be that person to tell them hey that's not the correct way to handle it you have to play the game like right. you said yeah and it's a hard it's, game it's to a play. hard game to play because now they're testing your so-called manhood and and they aren't men yet they're not men yet yeah they're still young men we what? say you know right. teenagers but but they're young men sure um i'm never going to say boy you know right. just i just wouldn't do yeah. that and i always they, they're, they're young kids they're man. young kids, they're kids man. um so you you try to teach them how to play the game. Right. You give them direction. One again, I, it's a little thing like your facial expression. Right. Because I've I've heard it sitting. And he's it, got this look on his face. He's doing it, this. He's doing that. I would have. 
problems not having a look on my face too. Right, and some people just generally well, it it, it may not be a look of no. you just out there. You might got ten things on your mind, and people and people up here trying to work think you need to have a smile. You thinking about and even as it could be something men, going on at right? home. School, school, girlfriend, a what, friend, a friend or, or whatever. Or you could just be th- thinking about a coverage that you just talked about in the, in the in the meeting room that you still ain't even came to terms with because you probably nervous. Like if I get in walkthrough, my only chance, and I bust this new coverage. What? So, so, so again, let go back to my point. When I saw that young man, right, I said, "What's going on?" I didn't. We didn't talk football at first. What's going on? Right. Is there something at home? Right. Is there something with school? Your girlfriend broke up with you? Yeah. But when, again, when you walk through that door of the indoor facility, you got to somehow put everything to the, side. to the side and focus on football. Right. Now, it's hard to do. It you know easy. that too. Yeah. But my first question was, what's going on? Is there something back home? Is there something I can help you with? You know, school? Did Dennis get on your nerve? Right. Before you came out here, Dennis can get because Dennis can get on your nerves, yeah, right. right? And you know, so but he wasn't a guy that was on the list, right? And so forth. But then you just say, hey, you know, here's the situation. He's good. He's good. You're good. You know, it's going to be you a battle. Be yeah. You got to be patient. You have to be patient. But again, when your time comes, you got to be ready. Right. Now, if your time comes, and you're not ready. You go out there and you fumble. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. I you know. Fumble. You fumble. Yeah. You, you, you drop a pass. Path, you run the wrong path. Play. Yeah. Now they're gonna go back to oh he had that's he had that look he on his face. He didn't stay in the game. Yeah. So it. you have to play the mental game as well as the and, physical and it, game. And it's, it, nine times out of ten is more mental. Man. It's more mental. And that's what's so huge for these kids. The, and the and the thing is, I always say you're, you these coaches, and I think the fault in my opinion, goes more on the coaches because as a coach and essentially as a father figure, mentor, your job is to over-communicate. You know the dynamics of your room, mm-hmm. right? So if Kenny Wilhite has been a rotational slash starting cornerback and I bring in three corners and all three of them are getting more reps than Kenny, I have to have my head in the sand or pretty much be flat out ignorant to to not think that Kenny's not going to be upset. So I need to talk to you say, look, this is where we're at. I need to look at these guys, especially if I'm a new coach. I don't know you yet. Mm-mm. I will get to know you. Yes. Your time is coming. What I need from you that will help you out in the long run is be ready and when and, and stay with me here. This is not you, – you are still in the mix. But I have to – you got to really explain the whole situation – they want to know the why, right? And, and but and then you tell them, and then why. you tell them. So again, just put us three in the same position, right? Right. When I coached, you two are the starters. This is how it's going to be. This is when you're going in, and who's ever in the rhythm, I'm going to stick with them, right? So it's it's there. They know, right? In practice, you're going to get the first four. You're going to get the first four. Right. Then you're going to get the second four, meaning the third guy, right? In the, on, in the next set, you're going to go to the other side. You'll get the four. So you're going to get even number of reps, and then the person that plays the best is the gonna one that's going to end up playing. Yeah. But if you put it all out there, they shouldn't have a problem with it. Because yeah, you're going to tell them, we had this conversation. Right. We've already so then had, the onus falls actually back on the back player. Back on the player. I think the biggest thing coaches do, and you see this at all levels, especially high school, high school and you know, college, you, you, when you leave player, players guessing, their, their mind is nine times out of ten is going to go to the negative because 
they don't have any other way to go. You know, because they're not getting reps. Nobody's talking to them. So then they're taking it personal when it's not personal. So you have to have a unique game plan. That's why re-recruiting your roster is so huge this part of time of the year. Mm-hmm. Because you're just think of last weekend, right, Kenny? You played corner. I was a linebacker. You know, whatever positions. And, you, and you're, we're practicing. Now, mind you, they got 150 kids, it seems like, on scholarship. So you already know there's going to be guys gone anyway. Because everybody knows you've been hearing about 85 scholarships since Matt Rule take, took over. And then he brought in 39 guys, and they were at 102 three, or, 103, three or, three or yep. something, whatever it was. Okay, so you know there's going to be at least 15, 16, 17 guys gone. Now you have a huge recruiting weekend with a lot of number one players in the nation that you could be like, okay, yeah, Nebraska might not get any of them, right? But there's always the chance of the fact that they've came here, unofficial mm-hmm. or official visits. But then there's a plethora of during the week, recruits coming in and watching practices, and then a whole weekend of 29, I think 29, which was a great job by the coaching staff. But those players see that. And they're all competing for to keep their scholarship along with knowing if you – and I'm going to tell you this, for you coaches out there, co- players take score. They know thir- them 39 guys that just came in, they here. Yes. Okay? You're not going to recruit a guy and offer him a scholarship unless he gets in trouble. They're here. Okay, so when you think of 85 scholarships, 39 of them accounted for. Yes. Okay, so let's start getting the math. That means, what, another 46? Okay, so then you got to say, okay, well, a kicker, punter, and snapper, right? So now you're down to 43. Hold it. Yeah, kicker, punter, snapper. Kicker, punter, snapper. Three. Okay, so that, that that's already accounted for. So now you're down to like 43. So things get kind of hair, hairy around there. So so you have to re-recruit your roster, but those players are looking over the sidelines, and, and they were in that position before. Yes. Yes. And they've been in those conversations, even though not with this staff, with the previous staff of, yeah, you know, Jay Foreman's okay. You know, he's okay. You know, he's a – we don't know if he's going to start or he's a starter. But you know what? If you come in and learn the playbook, you're going to get some time. They ain't stu- These players ain't stupid now. No. Okay? So that's why it's so imperative to re-recruit your roster you have to be as honest as you can You can be through coach talk. I would say that you're as a coach, you're never able to be truly honest with a player. You can't. You just can't. You can't because because these players don't handle, well, you're 14. You want to know what he's going to think about when you're 14? Okay, I'm hitting the portal. Now, if you're fourth team and you have two seniors in front of you, they don't even understand that having a, a senior and a redshirt sophomore and a guy that's coming off injured reserve – they're thinking I have to play right now. Mm-hmm. Well, if you need to, you, you know, you need to get in a little bit better shape. As we've seen, some guys drop some weight. You need to get a little bit stronger. You need to get a little bit quicker. Well, that whole year. Next thing you do that, this time next year, which everybody thinks a year is so long, you're in the mix. They want it right now, so that's why you have to re-recruit your roster. And it's, and it's a huge thing for this new coaching staff to be able to do it, to be as as honest as they can through coach speak, or as honest as they want to tell them the you know the blunt truth. They probably don't have any obligation to doing so. Because I think long term, if they do that, that locker room will become a tighter knit unit faster. I think the the lines of communication and the the guys buying into the culture of Matt Rule and company will f- come to fruition faster. They will sell out for you faster because they have a clear path of of going to create destruction. Because one of the things people don't understand, and I was I was on here a few weeks ago talking about when Coach McBride. Brian cussed me out one time. My speaker buster was so <laughs> tight, Kitty. I was like, dang. Listen, 
My grandfather, all my older grandfathers and uncles, they served. And so they giving you the business. Okay. You hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Foreman wasn't pulling no punches. My Uncle Grease wasn't pulling no punches. And Big Hughes, my Uncle Francis, you know, we call him Uncle Butch, was not pulling no punches. So somebody getting getting a crunk on me, mm-hmm. it just, it, that's part of how I got here. Coach McBride gave me the business <laughs> one time. All types of skull or Copenhagen, whatever. And I had a visor because I got poked in the eye. Was all up in the mix. I mean, I would never dip, but I know I got something in my mouth. <laughs> and then, so I'm the I'm the captain. I'm the middle linebacker. And then you got I, out of my peripheral, I see Mike Rucker and Wilts just looking at Jay, just getting the business. Laughing. They're they, internally they, they laughing. laughing cause they internally like, they're cause laughing. They're laughing they like, at you. Dang. And you just taking it. Bruh. Right? I wasn't on any of his lashings. I've seen them. And I did not want to be on any of them. Right, but, because, but here's my point. That's that's fine because the lines of communication. There. So then that wasn't personal. You didn't take it personal. I didn't personally because he's always communicated with yes. me, right? And he told me afterwards, I got to coach. Actually, I got to coach Mike Rucker through you, and I know you could take it. That inspired me to go destruct in that last game against Missouri even more. More. That's what the that's is going to be so huge for this coaching staff. That's a dive into the spring, whether it's Ramir Johnson, Kenny Wilhite, Jay Foreman, Chubba Purdy, you know Casey Thompson. It's got to be that's how you build that relationship, and that's how you get guys to buy into your culture because everybody's watching how you handle a quarterback position, wide receiver position, tight end position, and then once you get in that that locker room and the team is set, that's how that bond. That's where you'll start hearing coaches and players talking about oh this bond is for real mm-hmm. then you'll be able to see it tangible yep. you'll see them be able to push through a hard part in the game pull out a game that they normally wouldn't pull out that's how it starts with the communication with the coaches and the you know like dp like to say adults in the room so uh that's our spring break a uh, little bit of a breakdown we're going to get into a little of uh final four talk because uh, you know we're getting close kenny saturday yeah. It's on like butter popcorn, so we're going to talk about that, what we're thinking about, and, and uh, has your your picks changed? Or initially, we're going to do picks on Wednesday because it's hump day, and then we're going to do our locked in on Friday. So, Kenny Wilhite, Jay Foreman, Austin, we'll be right back.